0: As we sort of get more and more efficient with technology, we get better and better at slicing and dicing people's backgrounds, but we're really just doing the same things, but on steroids.
1: Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Apply Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by Teraleap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at teraleap.io. Today, I'm excited to be joined by my guest, Omar Molad, who's based in Melbourne, Australia. He's the co-founder and CEO at Vervo. Welcome, Omar. Good to have you on. Hey, Alexander. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Now, Vervo is a skill testing platform. I'm excited to dig into that, unpack it, but I'm going to start with, Omar, can you Share what is the problem that you see in the marketplace and that you're set to solve?
0: The problem is that historically, most hiring decisions have been um, made based on the wrong signals, the wrong information, uh, particularly people's backgrounds. Um, and in addition to that being unfair and uh, excluding people who would otherwise be great at the job, it's, it's also um, not productive and, and inefficient because you're uh, you're not hiring based on the only thing that matters, someone's ability to do the job. Instead, you're focusing on how long they worked at a certain company or where they went to school or um, maybe not deliberately but how familiar they seem to you and how comfortable you are with that, that type of person and their background and those sort of things. And um, as we sort of get more and more efficient with technology, we get better and better at, slicing and dicing people's backgrounds but we're really just doing the same things but on steroids Um, and so what we're about is um breaking that down and 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 sort of getting back to the fundamentals of well, can someone do the job it doesn't matter if they're 50 years old or 20 years old doesn't matter their gender doesn't matter if they went to harvard or they're self-taught but
1: can they actually do the job and let's see them do that So according to your website, it says Vervo's AI automatically assesses grades and ranks job candidates based on how well they can actually do the job. And that's everyone loves to know, okay, how well can you do this job? But how does that actually work? Can you explain? Yeah. So think
0: about if you were a restaurant owner and you wanted to hire someone to work in the kitchen or you wanted to hire someone to work as a waiter in, in that restaurant so the best way to do that is to actually have them come in and do a shift, and then you'll know everything you need to know. You'll see how they interact with others, how they work with customers, how they make an omelet, whatever it is. that, And you'll get to see that in your environment. So um, if it's at a, um, a Chick-fil-A um, or, a, a, you know, a Nando's, that's going to be very different to like a five-star um, a restaurant. So context matters. Uh, and so... Um, now, now imagine that, uh, you have a vacancy and you have 200 people applying for that vacancy. You can't bring all 200 in to, to spend, uh, to do a shift with you. Um, and so what you end up doing is eliminating, you know, 199 of them, or you may probably eliminating 195 and interviewing five and that, which is the traditional hiring process. And so what we do is we let you uh, bring that person in for a shift, but we do that, Virtually, we we do the digital version of that, and and so that's kind of the the principle. We're not trying to replicate interviewing, which is basically chit chat. We're trying to replicate the concept of a job trial or an audition and digitise that. Uh, and how we do that practically is we've we've created a way for um, candidates to engage in scenarios that are relevant to different jobs on the internet, um, and then. Uh, analyze how they respond and sort through that
1: and, and rank them. Digital uh, egg flipping. But I'm curious, like what are actual jobs ready skills that, that are being tested for in this process?
0: Yeah, so it can really be anything, but let's take some examples. It can be a design role where you actually design the logo um, or design an onboarding flow and then answer a bunch of questions around why did you do it this way? And maybe a number of knowledge questions. In a sales role, it might be, doing a presentation or doing a, a mock cold call or writing prospecting emails and might be then um, facing a challenging situation with a customer. Um, in a customer service role, it can be a range of customer uh, situations. In a, in a healthcare role, it might be um, dealing with you know, um, uh, uh, someone who uh, can't hear you um, and how do you actually, um, and you have to um, administer medication and, and how do you sort of overcome that? And it's not, it, it's not the theory, it's the practice of asking people, putting them in that scenario and then getting them to do it. In a, in a finance job, it might be getting someone to do something in Excel and um, do a valuation, do a discounted cash flow or reconcile a ledger. So it's, it's getting as close as possible to actually um, performing uh, tasks um with obviously there are there are some limitations performing cardiothoracic surgeries uh, you, you know a little bit more challenging on the internet but but for for most jobs and most particularly jobs that are um you know performed in an office or so what we call knowledge worker type roles um you know it's actually quite easy to test in a, in a digital setting
1: if i if I look at the different levels i think we talked about this uh, last time we we chatted of um Unskilled labor, semi skilled labor, skilled labor, astrophysicists, and CO level. You, you don't play at all of them where you really focus on the semi skilled and skilled labor. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: that's right. And that's about two thirds of the market. So, semi skilled is roles that uh, are typically the higher volume roles. So, um, hospitality, high volume call center, retail, warehouse, those kind of roles where typically um, not always hourly workers can be hourly workers can be permanent um, salaried workers, but typically there's sort of higher volume uh, type roles, um, still a degree of skill that, that you want to test, uh, typically um, shorter tenure in an organisation. And, and so with those uh, type of roles, the, the primary problem that employers have is, is efficiency. So they've got a um, high volume of, of applicants to sort through, um, and, and and they want to be able to do that quickly and efficiently. Uh, and typically the method is a, you know, seven to 15 minute um, uh, sort of shorter form assessment of what we call the top of the hiring funnel, which means the point of application. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then in the skilled spaces, typically um, more highly skilled people, um, often known as like white collar, not, not a term we love using, but knowledge workers, so um, software engineers, Uh, enterprise salespeople, um, these sort of people, but also healthcare, more technical roles, typically performed in an office today, more so at home remotely, but those kind of roles, um, not a high volume of applicants. You might be dealing with 5 to 30 people, um, but a more rigorous assessment, so testing, um, coding skills, um, behaviours, you know, on-the-job skills but in context of the job, just like we discussed, you know, selling umbrellas is different to selling enterprise software. So so there's no such thing as sales. There's sales in context. And prospecting is different from closing and and being a um, a registered nurse in, you know, emergency. An emergency department is different from a personal care in aged care and so on. Um, and so we put people in, so these are more rigorous uh, uh, it's sort of advanced uh, assessments for these kind of more highly skilled roles.
1: This is a unique point that I want to bring out again. You said it, <laughs> you don't want just any salesperson. You want the right salesperson for what you are trying to sell or the right healthcare person for what you're trying to do. Your product, uh, it, it's a no-code solution. I mean, like you don't need a developer to go in and use it. They should be able to create their own workflows from your your templates of, of these skill uh, testing uh, workflows. That's right. So um,
0: ninety plus percent of our clients start hiring same day. Uh, um, uh, you know, as that they're on board, and there, there are some exceptions in the enterprise when they want a highly customized workflow or highly customized assessments. Um, but but generally speaking, it's um, it can be plug and play if if you want it to be, um, and, um, uh, and 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 you, you're typically either leveraging a. So an existing um, assessment so from our from our library or, or most commonly you're taking something existing and tweaking and customizing it to suit to suit your needs. And we're also learning from your preferences. Um, so we help you train our models, and this is where the context comes in. Um, so if we had um, you know a graphic designer role and we had a hundred people um, com- complete, and a design challenge for that role, um, a Series A startup versus Deloitte would probably um, have different preferences um, for, for a, about the kind of person that they want and how they want them to perform that role, even though it's the same job title, right? So, at a startup, it would be, why haven't you shipped this already? And at, at Deloitte, it would be, let's have a couple more meetings and discuss and present and have a committee and then probably not decide much and revise and you know and so I say that with affection because I've I've worked in big enterprise for years Um, and so you know those companies would index for slightly different things we would learn from their preferences and we would adjust so what that means is it doesn't mean that the worst candidate for the startup is going to be the best for Deloitte but they'll be ranked slightly differently um, and that matters Uh, context matters the concept of
1: automating, streamlining, finding the right candidate, um, how much is really automated? Like if they're taking these skill tests, how far is is your AI assessing and grading? a Design, let's take that example, a design person and they do a test and they design something. Where does the handoff happen?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It really depends on the role and also depends on how the company wants to do things. But so in some cases, it would be, we would probably knock out the um all the top of funnel so the resume and the phone screening and even a chunk of the interviewing so typically we would um replace about two-thirds of interviewing as well so the interview um ratio would um interview to hire ratio would reduce by two-thirds so essentially instead of interviewing you know um 10 people you'd interview three um and then hire one right um and and you would then go from, so it so says you have 100 applicants, you would do 10 interviews. Now you're going to have 100, you'll interview three um, and and you'll hire one. But also not only interviewing fewer, the interviews are very different. You don't have to verify that they can do the job during the interview. You've done that already. So in the interview, you can actually sell to the candidate, which is more important, particularly in today's market. Um, and And you can focus on Are we a good fit for each other? How do we we set you up for success in the role? Those kind of things. Now, some companies use us um, all the way to offer. So particularly for the semi-skilled, higher-volume roles, um, they they automate absolutely everything. But as the role gets more skilled, there's an inverse relationship between um, sort of skill and automation. So um, there'll be, you know, the assessment will be a reference point um, but but you'll also want to spend more time. So let's say you're hiring a VP of sales. You wouldn't expect to automate the majority of that hiring process, nor would the candidate expect that. But the assessment might be a component of that. And then you probably want to have a series of discussions before you make um, a senior hire. The key point is that for the highly skilled roles, the problem we solve, we call it confidence, whereas for the Semi-skilled high volume, it's more efficiency. So for high-skilled roles, there's not an efficiency problem, right? Time is not the issue. You're, hiring, you're making a very senior hire. It's not about saving time. It's about having confidence to make the right choice. And we help you reduce information asymmetry by giving you a really strong signal about functionally being able to, to do
1: the job. The information that it's providing... Highly skilled, it, it's, I appreciate that point. It's like you're giving that confidence score versus more of an automating for the higher volume. Is it giving a number? Is it simply saying, all right, this person is a, a 72% on their salesman ability?
0: Yes, but, and so, so we, uh, in each assessment, we test a number of skill groups um, and they can be what we call job-specific skills often known as hard skills, um, or, or they can be general work skills, skills applicable to many jobs, often known as soft skills behaviour. So, um, and, and you can design, you can determine what you want to test. It can be assertiveness and it can also be negotiation, okay? Um, and so we'll give a score for each skill group, but uh, that score is not some global benchmark because our assessments are not out of the box. Uh, those scores are determined by they're relevant to, to the sort of mean group in that cohort that you're testing, right? So, so that's an important point. So um, so it's not some 76 that that, that means. It's not like doing your SATs and you know what that means. It's relative to the other people doing that assessment and relative to how hard that assessment is and how you've trained the model. So you can, for example... Um, You know, we can discover, let's say we put 100 people through an assessment and the vast majority of them get over 80. That tells us that the assessment's probably um, too easy for that role and we'll want to, A, change the assessment and, B, we're probably in the way that we're grading people and training the models, there's something to do there as well. Um, And so really you typically want some sort of normal distribution Um, And then when you've optimized the models, the scores um, can mean a great deal because you've got a a sort of benchmark that you're working to that makes sense for that assessment.
1: There's a lot to unpack uh, from what you just shared, both both from um, the, the concept of what you're assessing, soft skills, hard skills. We'll come back to that. But you also talk about this model, how it, it is varied based on these different pieces, and you use the word model. And I'm wondering if I might scare a few people of like, wait, am I, am I having to, to manage this model? I don't know anything about data science and machine learning, and how does this work? How much does someone need to understand this, and how much does is it just just does it? What's that that balance? Yeah, so
0: you- so the 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 amount of understanding that you need to have as a user is zero um in terms of data science what you do need to understand really well and what we expect you to understand is what a good what a good hire looks like for your company and for your role right so if if you're a hiring manager or you're a recruiter we expect you know that we don't expect that you'll know how to test for that and we don't expect that you'll know anything about ai machine learning all this other nonsense like that's just like so so we expect that you can tell us what do you care about in an enterprise seller or in a designer or in a cook or in a delivery driver. We expect that you'll know, and you might not know to do that in the proper jargon or lingo, or term, but you'll know how to describe it in human terms. And if you can do that, we do the rest, okay? So, And the way that we, we make it easy for you to tell us what you care about, we ask you to describe the skills um, for the role that generates the assessment you can then review it you can then change swap questions in and out then you approve that then the candidates complete it and then we select a sample automatically a sample of responses that are anonymized and we ask you to grade them and we say hey is this a good response yes or no and we learn what you care about right so we don't we don't talk about you won't see anywhere inside our product machine learning all these kind of things we just say hey Click here to optimize the grading, and we get you to respond to look at, like, I don't know, you know, it might be 18 responses or something. It depends. And we learn from you and good answer, medium answer, bad answer. And then, and then we go, oh, now we know what you care about. We can now get closer and closer and closer to how you would grade yourself without the technology, but we'll do it for you while you sleep.
1: What this makes it interesting is I made a hire um, early this year and I actually gave it to someone. Hey, can you go po- make this job post? Uh, and then they came back and there was over a hundred applicants. We were just trying to hire one person and and they're like, I'm not really sure because they were doing it for me. Who's a good person? So they showed me a couple ones. And I'm like, well, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. Then they had to go through the rest and do it. They didn't actually do a good job. I ended up having to just go through them all myself. And this idea makes it sound like you're 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 going through a similar process. You're just training an AI to say, "I like this. I don't like this. I like this," and then it can but, accurately find but based on
0: tasks, not based on based on how people do tasks and in an anonymized way. We don't we don't care like what you look like, your name, your background, your this. So if you think about what I described, how we're optimizing these models, how we're teaching the models, what we care about, it's purely based on how someone responded to a question or performed a task that's relevant to the role. They don't even know who did it. They don't even know the candidate's name. So they're training the model by saying, well, this person responded well to this scenario. This person didn't. And, And so that surfaces the people who are the best performers of the job, not the people who you. So when I say like, or, you know, it's really the answers that you like, not, the person that you like. That's an important distinction.
1: It, it, very important. I'm glad you, you, you raise that because there's a lot of concern and fear, I think around bringing AI into the recruitment space because of bias and, and, and missing things and et cetera. But it, it sounds like you're trying to, to bypass the bias and get right to ideally the right candidates. It,
0: yeah. And we're not, like, and, and we're also not, prescriptive so we don't say hi, bob we say look um, you know there, there are two kind of inputs the first is the assessment itself so which which as a user you have you sign that off so this is what we're do, what we're testing how we're testing and then the second is the grading framework which you as a user optimize um, and then what you get is a stack rank of candidates and then you can decide what to do with that So you can then decide anyone over 75, I'm progressing to the next stage. It could be on-site interview, all right? Mm -hmm. That's up to you. You could also say I'm going to talk to everyone until Mm -hmm. you get comfortable. We don't say hire Bob, Bob is 82% or Bob suits a role in sales. What we say is based on the role that you're filling and the criteria you set, your competency framework, the skills you set are important, this is who performed well okay, based on the grading criteria you told us matter for you. That's, that's essentially what we're doing. But based on performance, that's what matters. So we don't know. It's, it's, it's full equalization. The, the, the Harvard graduate um, and, and, and the self-taught person, they're on a level footing coming into the assessment. It's just how you perform. If you and I did the same assessment, the software doesn't know the difference between us. It just, they, it just knows how we actually engage with the tasks.
1: Coming back to this, this hard, hard skills and soft skills. We, we, we kind of like talked about, okay, this is how someone could answer. But could you give me some examples of, of, of each one of, of how you guys uh, deliver that type of testing for hard skills?
0: Well, well skills? let's talk about, let's talk about resilience. Um, I think most people uh, as a skill, um and some people think it's a personality trait but um personality traits are really things that don't change over the course of our lifetime and skills are typically things that can be learned and can can be influenced and change um now if i said to you resilience or to most people the word resilience you probably got a sense of what that means you might think i'm tough i can bounce back from things that that's the kind of connotation uh, now so how do we test for resilience now, let's say that we're talking about a sales development rep. So, someone who's doing cold calling, they need to be resilient because they're going to hear no a lot. And so, they need to kind of bounce back and, and keep. So, you can test for that in the context of, of that role. You can put people in these kind of scenarios where, you know, they hear no a lot and see how they, what, what do they do and how do they respond? Okay. Now, let's say that you're a um, 911 emergency operator. Okay. And you're constantly getting phone calls of people that have been stabbed or heart attack and that kind of stuff. You also need resilience. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's very different. Resilience to the salesperson who's doing prospecting, which is kind of a bit of a game, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we're going to now evaluate someone's suitability to be an emergency response, you know, to work in an emergency call centre environment, well, we're probably going to test their resilience differently. We're going to test it in that context, not the context of the cold calling uh, uh, person, right? And so when we talk about soft skills, we always caution people, like, don't generalise. Don't think about, are they resilient? Think about, are they resilient in your context? I'll give you another example, attention to detail. Um, I don't consider myself having as having good attention to detail, but some people think I have really good attention to detail. You you know why? Because I think for a CEO, I have okay attention to detail. For a librarian, I have terrible attention to detail, right? And so, you know, the level of attention to detail you need in my job is different to a CFO and different to a librarian and different to a data entry person, Mm -hmm. completely different. Mm-hmm. So I come back to this point of context matters. So let's not talk about attention to detail. Let's talk about attention to detail in this job, which can be very different for each job.
1: When, when, it, when you're looking at the actual assessment, to um, and I appreciate the distinction between. In-